Welcome to the podcast of Azel Christian Church. We are a Disciples of Christ Church community in Azel, Texas. We invite everyone to be who you are with us, the doubting, the believing, the wondering, and everything in between. On this podcast, you'll hear our pastor, Reverend Ashley Dargai, preach on how the expansive and generative love of God is seen through Jesus, the prophets, the early church, and the faith forebears, and how this love helps us care for the world more deeply and faithfully. Sometimes it's messy and tough, but it's good news, and it is for you. Our scripture for today is John 17, 6 through 19. It's on the back of your bulletin if you'd like to follow along. And like Pastor Katie said, this is a prayer that Jesus is praying. So we're hopping right into the middle of his prayer. I have revealed your name to the people you gave me from this world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. This is because I gave them the words that you gave me, and they received them. They truly understood that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I'm praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you gave me, because they are yours. Everything that is mine is yours, and everything that is yours is mine. I have been glorified in them. I'm no longer in the world, but they are in the world, even as I'm coming to you. Holy God, watch over them in your name, the name you gave me, that they will be one just as we are one. When I was with them, I watched over them in your name, the name you gave to me, and I kept them safe. None of them were lost except the one who was destined for destruction so that the scripture would be fulfilled. Now I'm coming to you. And I say these things while I'm in the world so that they can share completely in my joy. I gave your word to them, and the world hated them, because they don't belong to this world, just as I don't belong to this world. I'm not asking that you take them out of this world, but that you keep them safe from the evil one. They don't belong to this world, just as I don't belong to this world. Make them holy in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the word, so I as you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. I made myself holy on their behalf, so that they also would be made holy in the truth. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our Easter Tide series has been an examination of who we are as disciples of Jesus here at Azel Christian Church in the 21st century, as members of a small covenant community with deep roots. We've been thinking about who we are. And the texts we've been reading together with the vine and the branches and the shepherd and the doubters are all meant to help us understand who Jesus is after the resurrection. We're looking back at some of his monologues and conversations from before he was crucified with new resurrection eyes. Now that we know what we know, now that we understand the plot twist at the end of the story that thus begins a new story, how does this change how we see things? 
Our text today is an excerpt of what is known as Jesus's farewell address. It's John's testimony of the Last Supper, Jesus's final conversation with his friends and disciples about who he is, who God is, who they are, and eventually who we will be. And the air is heavy in this conversation. There is a sense of foreboding, a feeling of being on the cusp of something world-altering that colors this text. And each year, on the seventh and last Sunday of Eastertide, right before we head into Pentecost, we read an excerpt from this farewell address. We always end our Easter contemplation with John's rendering of Jesus's final instructions and theological insight. Before the Holy Spirit comes with fire and wind, knocking down our doors and igniting our tongues, we read this solemn prayer. Some people call this the other Lord's Prayer, but this prayer is not instructive, not like the one we recited a few moments ago. This doesn't seem to be a teaching moment for Jesus, so much as a rending of his heart. So in this passage, he reiterates multiple times his close relationship with God and his tender yet fierce love for his disciples. He acknowledges the particular situation they are in as people of God's reign in a world that is not yet the kingdom come. And he spends considerable time naming the world as a reality of his disciples. But he's not calling them to a utopian community away from the world, but rather he calls them to live set apart lives, holy lives, consecrated lives in the midst of the world. And while this excerpt seems to be meandering with no anchoring metaphor or helpful rhymes, no offense to Jesus, all the ingredients for discipleship seem to be here. Communion with God, identity of disciples, the way of Jesus, and relationship to the world. And this is all wrought by Christ's intercessory prayer for his beloveds. We sang at the top of the service a song that I sing to Annie each night. This is my father's world. There's a line in the song, in the rustling grass I hear her pass, she speaks to me everywhere. And the entire hymn is about how God speaks to and through creation, that the earth is a conduit of God's love. Sally McFaig, the late eco-theologian, said that the earth is the closest we get to God's body. That just as God speaks to us through creation, the way that we love the earth is the way we love God. And when we ask, who is my neighbor, the answer necessarily includes God's creation. I say all of this to say, for Jesus, the world and the earth that we sing about in This Is My Father's World are distinct. It's not just that we're biding time here until eternity while we sit here in our bodies on earth. Because we are in eternity now. Our bodies and the earth are gifts from God. God came to us in a body, prayed in a body, and was interred in the earth until resurrection in a body. But the world, on the other hand, that Jesus is referring to, that Jesus painstakingly names, I do not belong to this world as they do not belong to this world, is what humans have done to dominate and obtain power and do violence on the earth. 
all the isms, all the controlling structures and hierarchies, all the weapons and warfare, all the manipulation and coercion. This is the world. We live on the earth, and we live in this world. We cannot escape these things simply because we are disciples. They are the reality that we live in. And how we live in this reality is what makes us disciples of Jesus. And how we live, Jesus asks on behalf of all of us, is as a people set apart. Not set above or set away from, but living with the knowledge that we are always in God's presence. We are always presented with ways to love God. And our understanding of discipleship is simply helping our minds and our bodies become more attuned to what is already true. We can think of these things as spiritual practices, as engaging the markers that we have already explored in this series, as a life of prayer. At Don Huffsteller's funeral this week, we looked at a text in Psalms that said, the righteous are like trees planted by streams of water and they produce fruit, and they do not wither. And there's a sense that the fruit and the sturdiness of the righteous do not come because the righteous are good people, but rather because they are connected to a life-sustaining source. And thus, the end goal of our life of set-apartness, of discipleship, is not to check off boxes or be a super-Christian or pacify some deep-seated existential anxiety, but rather to be nourished by a sustaining source, like a tree planted by streams of water. The end game, then, is not Christian soldiers or religious machines, but rather to be able to live in the love and tenderness of the prayer Jesus prayed for his beloved disciples. To perhaps, as Sally McFaig suggested, love God in the most tangible ways possible. Planting flowers, sitting in the sun, learning to listen for God's voice in creation, in each other, and in our own hearts. So often, discussions of discipleship can feel like a yoke around our neck, heavy with expectation and guilt. But may today's feel like the prayer of someone who loves you, or the babbling of a brook, only with the aim of bringing your heart closer to the tender heart of God. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Azel Christian Church Podcast. Azel Christian Church exists to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ through meaningful liturgy during worship, a public witness through outreach in the community, the nurturing of the spiritual life of every age group, and the witness of each member through discipleship, baptism, and the sharing of resources. To support this podcast and the ministries of Azel Christian Church, visit azelchristianchurch.org. Here you can contribute through giving online or find our Venmo information. If you're looking for a church or simply want to talk to one of our ministers, contact us through our website and we will be in touch. Talk to you soon.